Hey, this is Mary and Shelley. On today's show, we've got some pretty awesome letters. What do you have, Shelley? Today, I've got Cole with the K. He is an ex-Mormon gay young man who is also a truck driver with a great story. Oh, truck driver. He probably has a lot of time to listen to our podcast. Good point. What do you have, Mary? I have a letter from a woman named Kirsten who is no longer Mormon, not a lesbian. She has a fantastic story about how her parents, thanks parents, chose her brother to go on a mission over her. Oof. And it gets worse from there. All right, Mm. let's get into it then. Stick around. Check it out. Hey, everybody. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. And this is episode nine of LDL Letters. The Latter-day Lesbian Midweek Mail Podcast. How about that? I liked it. Number nine. That's crazy. Is it? Is it really crazy? I mean, no, but we're just, it's fun. We're just booking along. <laughs> we're just reading some letters and stuff. That's what we do. Uh, you know. Yeah. We got some letters to read, so we, we thought we would do We are quite backlogged it. on the letters, and we will just keep on diving yeah, in. We you got know some what? good ones today. We're going to keep on reading them until we've got no more letters to read. You know, every week I say we've got some good ones. We never have bad ones. Maybe next week we'll be like, you know, these weeks, they're kind of mediocre, but let's just go ahead and dive on. Oh, that'll be nice for the people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to really change their names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's not true. All the letters are fantastic. I do enjoy all of them. You know, the dogs are already wrestling. They do that. Mm-hmm. It's really annoying. Why do they do that? One day, Shelly, we are going to go to a studio that is dogless. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun for me. Um, I think you can spare an hour without dogs. Whoa, an hour without Eddie and Domino? Sounds a little like paradise, not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> Whatever. Uh-huh. How about we read some letters? What do you say? I like it. What you got? I'm going to go first, and this is a letter sent into us from Cole with a K. Okay. And by the way, he spelled my name wrong. Uh, he oh. put an extra E in there, so I'm just going to call him Cole with a C. Boom. Uh, oh, now we're even. Okay. Easy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I want to start my letter by saying how glad I am that I found your podcast. Hey, we're glad too. Yeah, we are. I've been binging all the episodes and I'm finally caught up. I never thought I'd learn more about Mormonism through this podcast, but I was wrong. I think my favorite episode so far is the one about the little factory talk given by Packer, I think. Yes, yeah. it was Boyd K. Packer's I Little Factory. I kind of think it's funny that the guy that wrote the talk about the Little Factory's last name is Packer. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. What you packing, <laughs> Packer? <laughs> anyway, Cole says, I could not stop laughing. And yeah, between that one and Adam on Diamond, probably. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, two of our funniest. All right, I figure the best way to introduce myself is to start from the beginning. I am an ex-Mormon gay guy who, like Shelly, spelled wrong again, is trying to figure out his life. Okay, we need to give Cole a break on the spelling. Cole a break. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hop off the uh, sensitivity shuttle over there. Okay, I'm kind of tired. It's been a long week. Mm -hmm. All right, I was born and raised in eastern Idaho into a fourth-generation Mormon family. My whole upbringing was centered around the church from the time I was a preschooler all the way up to my senior year. You could definitely say I was your typical Mormon boy. And then he does cry laughy face. You know the laughy face where you're crying because you're laughing so hard? Oh, what's funny is there maybe no such thing as a typical Mormon boy? I don't really know. <laughs> well, maybe because he says he's a typical Mormon boy, but he's also gay. So maybe that's the, oh, the laughy cry face. I get it. Ah. Yeah, it's a joke. Cole with a K, you're funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got baptized at eight, received the priesthood at 12, received my Eagle Scout Award at 14, and even graduated seminary. Wow, he was crushing it. Russian Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Around the time I was 13 or 14, I started to get a feeling for guys that I couldn't feel about girls, no matter how 
hard. I try. Isn't that sad that they feel like they have to try to fix their sexuality at such a young age? Like the second someone has sort of a gay feeling, they feel like they need to fix it. Well, of course they do because they have to fit into the Mormon plan to get married and have a bunch of babies to make more Mormons, to make more tithe givers. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be nice if we could all just embrace whatever feelings we were having instead of try to change them the second they hit? You're so silly, (laughs) Shelly. That's not going to happen in this lifetime. (laughs) Just an idea. You know what? Maybe it will, and maybe we are trying to help that progress along. I'm going to be hopeful. Okay, let's be hopeful. Let's make it happen. All right. Because of how sheltered I was, I didn't make the connection that I was gay until about three years later. Around that same time, my parents found out I was gay and made me confess to my bishop. Oh, God. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Wow. Yeah. I went through the whole process of repentance for a while, and sadly, I even considered living a celibate life because the thought of leaving the church was just too unbearable. Around the time of my senior year in high school, I eventually came to the realization that I really don't have a future in the church and mentally lost my faith. I also began coming out to close friends and eventually came out publicly to my family. Wow, that must have been really challenging. Oh, God, especially in a small town. Oof. Yeah. The first year or so being out to my parents were really tough. I went to a really bad Mormon therapist who basically said I need to obey my parents until I was old enough to move out. At the time, they forbade me from dating because of how that would affect their reputation. Uh, Of course. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. When I turned 18, I quit going to church and publicly disavowed the Mormon religion and began studying more in depth of the dark history of the church. Good job, Cole. Yeah, I know. I love that. How old is Cole? Do we know? Uh, Now, not sure. But at this time, he was 18. Okay. So the internet is here and at our disposal and the Google search, you can look up just about everything. Mm -hmm. But some people choose not to. Like, I don't see your parents going on a journey like this. Oh, God, they would never. None of my family would. Right. Maybe my oldest brother, maybe like two years down the road, but my other ones, no. Mm -mm. Yeah, but I just love the idea that we have these tools that can allow us to look into stuff Mm -hmm. and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Good for you, Cole. Yeah. Way to use your brain. For sure. Okay. Thankfully, I was a lot more fortunate than most and got out of the cult before I was persuaded to serve a mission and live a life that was, in essence, a lie. Yes, seriously. Yeah, because um, I'm starting to think it's all fake. (laughs) (laughs) Should I just throw that in? So it's cold. (laughs) Fast forward to now, and my relationship with my parents is better than it ever has been. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that is. I love to hear success stories, you know? Really, it's great news. I relocated to Eastern Washington, and I'm now working as a truck driver. That's cool. That's so awesome. And he has more time to listen to our podcast. That's the best thing about That's being a truck driver. <laughs> Let's all quit our jobs and drive trucks so we can listen to us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm working to find friendships and relationships that support me and love me for who I am, not who some old white dude wants me to be. Exactly. Yeah, There's another cry, you. laughy face. I hope that this letter can be an inspiration to some younger listeners to show that no matter how dark it may seem at times, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it does get better. That's great. You are not alone. No, that's such a good reminder. I know. Thank you, Cole. I look forward to hearing more of y'all's stories and experiences. Thank you all so much for what you're doing. Lots of love and big gay hugs. Cole with a K. Yeah, and um, blow that horn for us, Cole. I think that's always fun when you can go down the interstate and like you, oh, you yeah. motion to wah, truckers wah. to like blow the horn. Yeah, do that, yeah. Cole. Do one for us. Anyway, that was awesome. I love that, and it amazes me when there's stories like this where. 
Like my entire story of 40 something years, they did it in 18 years. You know what I mean? Right. No, that's it's fantastic. It's like, wow, way to go. Way yeah. to just get through the shit and start living your life. Yeah. I love it. I think that if we can save some people some time, yeah. that is fantastic. That's super inspirational. Thank you, Cole, for writing in. That was a fantastic letter. Yeah. And it must be Idaho Day. I've got a letter from someone from Idaho as well. Get out of town. Do we have to pay some bills first before we get to someone from Idaho? I think we probably should. Let's Good do idea. It. Okay, we'll be right back. And we are back. Missed ya. Oh, me or the listeners? Mm-hmm. Okay, not really willing to answer one way or another. I mean, I've been staring at you the whole time the commercial played. So. Okay, you're right. Mm-hmm. So this is from Kirsten. Kirsten writes, Dear Marianne Shelley, she spelled your name without that extra E, Shelley. Thanks, Kirsten. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to share a little of my journey in hopes that it can help someone else. I grew up in Pocatello, Idaho. Did I say it right? Yes, Pocatello. Pocatello. You you guys should have heard Mary trying to read Pocatello before we did this. (laughs) I kind of want to. Pocatello? (laughs) Pocatillo? Pocatillo, nope. (laughs) That's not right. You know, (laughs) I don't even think I've ever been to Idaho. Really? Been to like it's actually Sun very Valley pretty. It's anything. beautiful. I know. I need to remedy that. Okay. Anyway, back to Kirsten. Uh, she grew up in Pocatello, Idaho during the 90s. Both of my parents had very strong pioneer heritage, and yet their parents were not active in the church. Interesting. Hmm. My parents were sort of converts, she says. They were raised around Mormonism, but didn't commit until later in life. You know, they could have dodged that bullet altogether and... Just not committed. Whoopsie. Mm. Growing up, my parents taught us to be accepting of others' views. Many members of my extended family were not Mormon, and several of my mother's cousins were raised Catholic. Once I entered Young Women's, I struggled with the idea that God would condemn a good person to hell simply because they chose the, quote, wrong building. Yeah. Yeah, what's the big deal? Why can't you be of another faith... You know, I had I struggled with that as well because I knew people who were not Mormon, but they were nice people, you know, when I was younger. Yeah. And you can either get the dickish answer of like, well, they need to feel the spirit and find the truth. Or you can get the slightly less dickish, but still bad answer of, well, you know, when they die, if they're good people, then they will accept the ordinances that we do for them after they're dead, which is still basically saying you have to go to the right building. Yeah, <laughs> that is what, exactly what that's yep. saying. Yep. As a young adult, I started to study God and the nature of Christ. I struggled with the contradiction of the church teachings. I don't blame you at all. That families were the most important unit on earth, but that a family could be pulled apart in heaven. Mm-hmm. Wow. This went against my belief that God was a loving and caring God. And I can see why. I think we've said this before that Mormon God is kind of an ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, not a not a great example no. of it's a like, well, loving you, you were in the wrong building, so yeah, you don't yeah. get to hang out with your sister or your aunt or whatever. Yeah, sorry you fucked it up. Jesus. I struggled with a religion that promoted males and placed women in the corner. Nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) Or Kirsten, Mm -hmm. as it turns out. (laughs) From the time I was 16 to 18, I struggled with the role of women and my future. I felt very strongly that my life held more for me than just to be a mom. I refused to go to young women's and made an agreement with my parents. I would attend sacrament meeting without argument. Then instead of Sunday school and young women's, I would return home to make dinner. I guess that's the better of the options. God. Uh, it's kind of a shitty arrangement. Yeah, it's, no matter how it's you, shit versus how you, uh, shit. So it. at least you got to prepare dinner and not have to listen to a bunch of brainwashing bullshit for two hours. Yeah, I suppose so. 
I left home suddenly and expectedly three days after high school graduation. During this time, I threw myself into becoming the, quote, perfect Mormon so that when the time came, I could find the perfect man. Because that's why you're here. That's what you do. That's it. You just have to find a man. Yep. It was during my first year of college that I was date raped. Oh, God. By the elders quorum president. (sighs) Names. I want names. I hate this. I'm so sorry, Kirsten. Seriously. And I'm so sorry. Sorry, I should have maybe put a warning in here. Wow, this is, this is fucking rough. Yeah. I'm sorry, you guys. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Kirsten, that this happened to you. Mm-hmm. This is why we do this fucking podcast, you guys. Mm-hmm. When are people going to wake the fuck up about this fucking religion? Mm-hmm. God, I'm starting to get heated. This, this is bullshit. This, this, this patriarchy and this... I'm going to go on and it's not going to get better, you guys. Oh, God. Okay. My bishop victim shamed me because there was no way his elders quorum president would do such a thing. And that is in quotes. So this fucker couldn't believe that his elders quorum president would do that. So now I need the name of the bishop. There there are Mm -hmm. so many people on my I'm going to kick your ass list. Wow. I was asked the most vile, sexually explicit questions shamed for being a woman, and rebuked for asking why. I returned home after having been disfellowshipped. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So she goes in to tell her bishop that she has been date raped. And instead of bishop calling the police, he instead punishes her because either she didn't fight him off enough. It's just such bullshit. No means no. I don't care if you're buck naked. If you decide, I don't want to do this. No means no. Yeah. She got punished for being date raped. So disfellowship means you're not allowed to take the sacrament, so you're shamed and embarrassed. Yeah. You can't hold any callings in church. You can't say any prayers in church. So people know. And so no one knows she was date raped. They just think, oh, she had sex. Yeah. God. Yeah. Okay, carry on. Sorry, I'm a little heated. No, it's okay. I vowed that I would return home to the good graces and that she put that in quotes too, and serve a successful mission to make up for her, quote, wrongdoing. God, we hear that so much. I'll just serve a mission and then... Oh, she's feeling guilty for oh, what for, was for not her fault. being date raped. Yeah. So she's going to go serve a mission so that she can somehow be forgiven. Yeah, so she can get back in the good graces. So that's like her, okay, I'll feel better about myself and if I serve a mission. And feel better about me, and I have to stay in this stupid, lousy, patriarchal shit yep. where they make me feel like crap, mm-hmm. and I've got to always be on the, you know, trying to get back into the good graces, back yeah, into the good graces. I fucking hate it. Yeah. And patriarchy screws up boys, too. Mm-hmm. We know this. And actually, I would encourage more boys to write in with their stories, because I want to um, get equal time for you guys. Yeah. How did it fuck you up? Because it did. It for sure did. <laughs> it for sure did. I'm getting hated. Mm-hmm. Lots of F-bombs this episode. Wow. Well-deserved. Okay, carry okay. on. She continues to say, The night before I was to meet with a stake president to put in my papers, my mother sat me down and explained that they were only able to support one missionary and that they were planning on supporting my brother, who is 18 months younger than me. I pleaded with my mother, explaining that I should be the one to serve because I had the stronger desire— She puts in parentheses, my brother didn't really want to go. Her mother defended her beliefs by telling me that because my brother had the weaker desire that he should be the one to go so that he could come home with a strong 
testimony. I'm calling bullshit. You know what it really is? <laughs> what? The parents didn't want to be shamed by having their son not go on a mission. It's oh. the boys who are commanded to go on missions. And if they don't go, it's because they've had sex or something. And that's shameful for the parents. Okay. Girls can just not go and nobody fucking cares. Because no one cares about girls. Nobody cares about girls. Yeah. But if the boy doesn't go, then you're shamed. I remember talking about how my mom, when when David, my oldest brother, didn't go on a mission, she was like, I just didn't know how to tell anyone. I just didn't, I didn't want to face anyone. It was so wow. embarrassing. So yeah, it was, it was nothing to do with this girl's desire to go. It was that they wanted to not be embarrassed or shamed. Yeah. And maybe, yes, there was probably a part of it as well where they were hoping that he would somehow gain a testimony by going on a mission. But all of this is just a slap in the face of the girl who wanted to go, which, by the way, I'm glad she didn't go because it's bullshit. But still, the fact that she wanted to go and to her, this was going to heal her and it was going to gain her forgiveness, as fucked up as that sounds, she wanted to go. But the parents are like, no, no, no. All the money we have is to pay for Bobby to go. Yeah. Even though he didn't want to go. And then on top of that, the Mormon church has more money than God. Yeah, they could have supplemented any of this the stuff. The fact that anyone pays for their mission or anything during their mission out of their pocket is obscene to me. Absolutely fucking obscene. Yeah, and picking the brother is just yet another reason why Mormons favor men. Yep, exactly. Sorry, dudes. Mm-hmm. We can't get away from this. Dudes, write in and tell us your experiences. Yeah. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I also want to hear from TBM ladies that think that they're benefited by being in the Mormon church. I have no yet way to hear to from anyone. Because mostly women say, well, I don't want the priesthood anyway. Which is bullshit. doesn't matter if you want to. I don't want to vote anyway. Or, you know, I'm a woman and I don't want to wear pants on my mission. And I'm a woman and I don't want to get paid the same as men. Oh, wait. I do. (laughs) Never mind. Yeah. So all of you women out there. Yeah, I'm coming down on the women right now who are saying, well, I didn't want it anyway. That's a lousy bullshit excuse. Don't settle. Yes. Don't settle. Just because you have somehow in your mind decided that you don't want it. Exactly. I asked about having the ward sponsor my mission, and she told me that they would need the ward's support for my brother's mission, and that our ward was so poor that they could only support one missionary from the ward at a time. I was devastated. My mother also told me that had I not been so, quote, willing, I wouldn't have been disfellowshipped. Now I need her mom's name. Like, seriously. Willing. Yeah. Okay, so this goes back. Willing to be molested by yes. the elders Willing to be raped. President? Be, okay, if you, we have to bust out the miracle of forgiveness and other fucked up books and quotes. Basically saying that if you are a woman and you're being taken advantage of by a man sexually, that if you do not fight to within an inch of your life, Mm-mm. it would be better that you were dead than uh-uh. to allow him to rape you. What? Yes. This is in the Miracle of Forgiveness? Yes. I have the quotes. We will get to it. I don't wow. have them right on me, though. Wow. But and, and So it's like, if a man is starting to rape you and you just lay there hoping he doesn't kill you, yeah. you, you might as well be dead. Because you a, didn't fight enough. You didn't fight enough. If a man tries to rape you and he overpowers you, you might as well be dead because you didn't fight hard enough to maintain your virtue. That's the bullshit they tell you. Wow. So for her mom to say, basically, you didn't fight back hard enough and that's why you're disfellowshipped. Fuck you, lady. Fuck you. I'm Fuck you, sorry. mom. God. Yeah. I am on a roll with Well, this the, stuff is infuriating. I'm sorry I say fuck you to your mom, Kirsten, but I don't know. It's just, it's it's hard for me. It's hard for me. Yeah. I'm, I hope by the end of this letter, you guys have somehow made amends, but I don't know. I don't know this letter. I'm a little uh, heated by this. Yeah. Okay. Let me try to compose myself. <sighs> Take a drink of your drink, baby. There you go. And get back to the letter. 
I moved to Utah with the intent of going to school. I dated returned missionaries that were emotionally abusive. Yep. And you went through this, Shelly. Yep, sure yeah. did. And seeking a timid partner that they could manipulate. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, so that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You're raised that way as a man in the church. To you, you, seek you're, out timid ladies? You're raised to be married to a doormat. Oof. Ouch. And that was a huge sweeping stereotype, but I'm telling you, that's a stereotype for a reason. Men, especially my generation, because the generation above me, my parents, that was basically a generation of old school, man works, wife cooks and cleans and raises the kids, man is in charge, woman is not, woman doesn't have an opinion. Wow. Uh, And that's not true for all, but that was for sure the majority. And so when that's what you see growing up, then, and I think Kirsten is not that much younger than us. She grew up in the 90s, so she's well, maybe so 10 years younger. Yeah, 10 years younger. Um, it's it's still rampant. And, and you think about um, the way marriage is today, normally in America. Mormon marriage is about 30, 40 years behind. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is a challenging one today. Yeah, yeah we might need to drink more and make out later. <laughs> Just make us feel better. <laughs> Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Several times I broke up with, quote, good men because they didn't accept my independence. Oh, mm. they don't want that. They, wait, you, did you have an opinion? Seriously, I want to hear from guys that won't validate this, that can be like, I was not that guy. Yeah. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from the feminist men. We know one for sure. We do, Ben. Mm, brother Ben. Brother Ben. Yep. I rebelled and became sexually active with several of the men I dated. You know, I think that's a thing, right? Sure. It's like, I'll show you. You went through this. Absolutely. I was a whore. And and when I say I was a whore, that was how I felt about myself. It, it, it's not like, I'm not whore shaming, slut shaming, whatever you want to call it. That's how I felt about myself. Well, and no one's asking you to feel this way about yourself. No, but my upbringing told me that's what I was. I see. Yeah. So why do you think that was your sort of course of action? I just wanted to feel loved and accepted. Was there any part of you that was sort of silently rebelling against your parents, maybe? Um, I don't know. I'd have to really process some things to get to an opinion on that. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to take yeah. a hard pass on that okay. question because I just don't know. Okay. In the end, I married a man who was raised Southern Baptist and loved me despite trying to remain a Mormon. The first few years of our marriage, we tried doing the every other Sunday thing, but this just created more contention in our marriage. We agreed to accept the other's religious beliefs as simply that, the other's beliefs. That sounds real healthy. Yeah. We didn't try to change the other, despite the fact that my husband felt the LDS church was a cult. Well, it is. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He supported me in everything I believed. He sounds mm-hmm. like a really good guy. Yeah. After five years of marriage, I felt that I needed to take out my endowments and attend the temple. Oh, you're about to get the underwear that is not sexy. <laughs> I feel bad for your husband. <laughs> well, she says my husband supported me in this oh, decision. Wow. Okay. Because he knew that it was an important part of the Mormon culture. Mm -hmm. Instead of focusing on my faith and testimony, my bishop decided to focus on my sexual sins. Oh my God. (laughs) Don't they just kind of want to always guilt and manipulate you? Listen, there are some good bishops out there, but I really want to line up like a hundred of them and punch them in the throat. (laughs) Like, guys, stop it. Well, and it could be a great way to keep you just like staying in your place. If you're always pointing out someone's faults, sure. Then it's a good way to keep well, them where you want them. Why the hell is some bishop worried about a full-grown adult sexual sins? I don't know. Anyway, um, read more of the story so I can understand it better. Who knows? Again, I found myself being asked 
the most vile and sexually explicit questions about past relationships. Mm-hmm. And again, Shelly, you went through this. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I was disfellowshipped and told that fighting my way back to God's grace would make my commitment to the Lord even stronger. See, that's the thing. It's like they want to, if they push you down to like, you know, lower than dirt, mm-hmm. then you have to climb back up to get into God's good graces again. This it's is, this whole exercise. It is so fucked up. And here's even more about that. It seems to me a lot of times, from people I've met anyway, people who kind of went wayward and then came back to the church, mm-hmm. they're impossible to break. Like they want to stay in the church forever because that forgiveness in quotations, somehow makes them feel accepted again. Yeah. So when you've gone off, when you're the black sheep of the family and everyone's like, oh, this person, they're making wrong decisions. They're sort of ostracizing them. Yeah. If you come back into doing exactly what they want and then suddenly they love you again and you're accepted again, in your mind and heart, you're like, oh, that's because Mormonism is true. Okay. You know, does that make sense? And so your testimony in quotations again is so strong because you went from being completely cut off from your family and friends to then being loved and accepted. And now you're never going to go wayward again, but you don't process the fact that it actually has nothing to do with your sin. It's the fact that those people judged you when you were doing the wrong things and then they loved you, but not really, but they loved you and accepted you when you were doing what they thought that you should do. All of us at our core desire love and acceptance. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, if you are immersed in this culture and your family's in it and your friends are in it and you live in Utah or Idaho or somewhere where it's a huge Mormon community, you know, you want that acceptance. It's difficult to buck the system. Yep. It's very unpopular. You'll feel all alone. Mm -hmm. It's really risky. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of courage. So she did that though. Oh, let's hear it. She said this action about like fighting her way back to God's grace that would make her commitment to the Lord even stronger Mm -hmm. did the exact opposite. Yes. Kirsten writes, I was pissed that at the time I needed the Lord most, his acceptance was denied me. Wow. Thanks, Bishop, you big tool. Yeah. When I attended church, I felt every eye on me because I wasn't allowed to participate in the sacrament. Mm-hmm. See, she was being punished. I told right? you, they, they freaking watch. Who's not taking the sacrament? Yeah. They punish you. It's yeah. like this whole shaming thing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to participate in class discussions or pray with my church family. Yep. Wow. They did that to me when I was 17. Do we know this story? Because mm-hmm. I was disfellowshipped. This is what disfellowshipment is or whatever you call it. Yeah. And you've told this story. Yes. Well, that you were disfellowshipped at 17. Yes. Why am I not remembering? Because you're old as shit. (laughs) (laughs) My memory isn't great. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that offline. Cool. And maybe we'll revisit it on an upcoming episode. Sounds good. Because other people don't have great memories either. It's not just me. It's just you. Raise your hand (laughs) if you don't feel like your memory is all that great. Everyone raise his hand. (laughs) Through all of the hurt, my husband was supportive and held me as I cried. Ugh. Inside, the husband was probably like, those fucking Mormons breaking my wife's heart. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Surprised he didn't want to go punch a few people in the throat. He needs to pass around his list of whose throats (laughs) were punching. In the end, I chose to take a break from the church while I worked on putting myself back together. Good girl. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. Fast forward. 15 years later, I have left the LDS church. Yeah. I have a 14-year-old daughter who identifies as bisexual, 
Awesome. A 17-year-old son who is planning on enlisting in the Air Force. Good boy. And a very loving and supportive husband that is encouraging me to become an RN. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. fucking tastic Life after Mormonism. I love that she said there's a 14-year-old that's um, bisexual. Mm -hmm. If you were still Mormon, I doubt that 14-year-old would have been comfortable enough telling you that he, she— she. Um, was bi- she was bisexual. So yeah. way to go leaving the cult. Yeah. I'm happier than I have ever been. I am living my true authentic self. I have found my peace with God, and I'm trying to find my place in a very loving and accepting Methodist church that focuses on emulating Jesus's example. Beautiful. And as soon as they come around on gay marriage, I am there with you, honey. The Methodists? Absolutely. Yeah, they're not a fan. Oh. Um, I want to say real quick, though, the fact that they focus on Jesus's teachings, I don't know if I believe if Jesus ever lived or not, but his New Testament teachings are badass. Words in red. I love them. Isn't that what Grace said? Words in red, The baby. words in red. Mm-hmm. My relationship with my parents is very hit and miss. Makes sense. And I have little contact with my siblings. She says, their choice, not mine. Yeah. And their loss, Exactly. Their loss, baby. Yep. I know that God loves me and has a plan for me beyond being a wife and mother. Yes. Yeah, you're going to be an RN. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I want to thank both of you for helping me understand my hurt and for helping me heal. You are so welcome. You're welcome. The work you are both doing is helping so many see the light beyond Mormonism. I say these things in the name of, oh, wait, that's all fake. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, Kirsten H. Oh, Kirsten, what a fantastic story of shit to greatness. (laughs) (laughs) Like really, like growing up in the shit and being treated like shit and being dismissed Mm -hmm. and being less than and then getting out and being great and having a great family and recognizing, you know what? If my extended family wants to cut me off, it's their loss. They allowed her to be raped and then shamed for yep. it. Yep. She must not have fought with all of her might. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not okay. I would not okay. destroy someone if they did that, did that to my daughter. Yeah. And I get that relationships we have with our parents are complicated. Yeah. There have been a few times when Shelly's like, why do you keep calling her? Mm-hmm. Why? It's complicated. Sure. It's and complicated. it's the same thing like, why do you answer the phone when your parents call? It's yeah, complicated. It's complicated. Because sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not. And, you know, sometimes I feel guilty and sometimes I don't. Sometimes they're a good conversation. Sometimes it sucks. And they're my parents. It's yep. complicated. It's the only parents we have. And these things are complicated. There's no easy answer. and There's right. no right answer. Right. But, you know, Kirsten, we love you. We are proud of you. I think you are so strong. Thank you so much for writing in. Yes, That was an inspirational letter. Tell your husband we said hi. Yeah, your husband is a badass too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We love both of you. And wow, this is such a good one. Where does Kirsten live, does it say? Idaho. Yeah, Uh, that's right, Idaho. Remember the place I can't pronounce? I'm I'm a a Guinness, a 7.5% Guinness (laughs) in. Love to meet you sometime. She's cut off. (laughs) Yeah, we need to get on the Idaho circuit. We We haven't made it there yet. We got to schedule our next year. Yeah, she's in Pocatello. Okay. Sounds Italian. Pocatello. There's nothing Italian in Idaho. (laughs) Just saying. Okay. As a reminder, if you would like to write us a letter, we would highly encourage it. So fantastic. This is like my favorite thing. Yeah. Honestly. Get in touch with us at latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. I'd rather they send an email. It's going to be easier for us to track. So send us an email to the contact at latterdaylesbian.org. Please do. Or Mm -hmm. there's a form there you can just fill out. That's handy too. too. Okay. 
Okay, well, that's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you again real soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.